welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Graham Russell from Air Supply. How are you? I'm very good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. This is exciting because I love. The big thing about me is all types of music is songwriting, and and you are definitely the man that serves the song. You don't overplay. You don't underplay. And and I'm very sincere when I have artists on about you know all types of music, and you really do stick with the song when obviously you could you could go crazy i mean you've written the biggest hits ever right. but you've kept uh, you. but you've kept well, you're welcome but you've kept it so concise it's like it's like when you like when the beatles write a song or other groups write a song it's like it feels like it's like beautifully simple but just the hardest most basic songs are, are, are the hardest you know what i mean obviously you know that yeah. to make it sound yeah. so perfect well, you know, I mentioning the Beatles as far as songwriting goes, I grew up with the Beatles. Um, they were and um, still are my only real inspiration. You know, I actually was, and I, I saw them when I was 14 and I'd already been writing songs for a year. I started when I was 13, but I really didn't know anything about music. I just felt compelled to do it. And, <laughs> but when I, when I saw the Beatles, it all fell into place. So I went, ah, oh, now I get it. But you know, you, but you're right. The Beatles had such simple, short, beautiful songs uh, that, you know, I felt I've always felt so fortunate to have grown up with them on the radio and uh, and adoring them so much because it really gave me what I needed. You know, I think had I been influenced by other songwriters, it wouldn't have been I wouldn't have turned out the same for sure. think so. I I. I... I'm a little obviously I'm a little bit younger than you. I'm, I'm 52, but I grew up my, my my grandparents in their house grew up on the Beatles. My first album was the Beatles, the yeah. four album cover, and and Elvis. And then I grew into like Zeppelin and Stones and you know yeah. Sabbath, like everybody else. But to me, it always just go back to the Beatles because I feel like they've almost written every song. Like they're the first mm. ones to the party. I mean, obviously the other bands, but like for melody and stuff, you're so much like. They've done some in, in those four or five, six short years. They wrote like so many different types of music, and mm. and as a, as a musician, it would allow you to do like, oh, I can do anything. There was a psychedelic. Yeah. There was the rock. There was the ballads. It was yeah. everything. They they were experts at, at every genre. But I I presume in those days uh, that they didn't. There was no genres. It was just rock and roll. Yeah. And then then there was the beautiful music like. Uh, you know, the G Gershwin, Rodgers and Hammerstein, which obviously the Beatles were influenced with as well. Yep. And and me, a big time with Rodgers and Hammerstein. But there was no, I I got a feeling they just wrote songs because that's what they did. And they never knew what it was going to be, uh, if it was going to be Please Please Me or Love Me Do or Let It let it Be. You know, I don't think they they planned it at all. And I think that's what the... The real geniuses, you know, uh, and once again, you know, because I was a little, you know, a young thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old, just listening to everything and in total awe. Uh, but and you know, funnily enough, you mentioned Elvis. You know, I have two elder sisters that I grew up with too, and they were crazy about Elvis. So I really got into Elvis too. In fact, one one of my favorite songs of all time. Speaking about. Sim simplicity is love me tender yeah. and the way elvis sang it and it's such a beautiful simple song and he just sang it and it's so short it's like just over two minutes and it's just it leaves you bewitched Breathless, you know yeah. 
It's a yeah, phrasing so, too. Yeah, I grew up with them, and then I drifted into the Stones and the Beatles too. So we actually had a, a very similar upbringing, although we have a an age difference, obviously. You know, there's a certain point where age doesn't matter, as you know in life. You, you kind of coincide to what what feels natural to you, depending on you know, despite where where you were born and when. And, and like like you, yeah. I love. I love it. Actually, you, so, so you talk about uh, Rogers Hammerstein and, and classical and stuff and orchestra music. The big thing for me now is I love um, an Apple has, a, has an app directly. It's all classical music now, and it helps teach you. It has all different types of stuff. So now you can just oh, wow. the app directly, and it kind of directs you towards right, like all different types of classical, and it kind of yeah. gives you like crash courses in it and artists, and it's it's the most oh, wow. thing ever. I love it. Oh, I've got, I got to get that because once again we have another. A similar upbringing because I love classical music too and you know people ask me what I play what I listen to uh, when I'm home and I don't listen to anything except classical music really I have it on on Pandora I have it on most of the day I don't want any vocals on on mm -hmm. things I'm listening to but I just do my whatever I'm doing but in the background it's on I'm a big fan of uh, I mean all, all of them you know Debussy and Elgar in particular but I find it so inspiring. And this is odd to me that songwriters of today, they get, uh, you know, a lot of attention. But when you go back to the classical masters, it's a different place altogether. When you, when you look at Mozart and what he did when he was like seven years old, it, right. like blows, it blows your mind. So I, I'm a, I don't think songwriters should get the the praise and the accolades that they get because i mean they're writing a three minute song you know uh right you know it i mean it's not that difficult it's not brain surgery or or writing a, a beethoven's fifth concerto you know <laughs> you know I, I can say that and i think it's almost goes to the discussion the argument we get sidetracked here but like what you're good at like naturally like you know i used to work i do it and i used to work in recording studios so i've always done some kind of technology and my whole right. life. So, but at times I've done support for, you say brain surgeons for high-end neurological doctors. Oh. They can't get their passwords. I've got had guys, not now, but in the past career, well, they can't get their passwords. And I've had to help them sign onto the computer. But later on that day, they're working on somebody's brain. First yeah. off, kind of scary. But <laughs> yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> but but um, I told you yesterday what your password is. Please write it down. I gotta go, I got a surgery later. Do you really? But but to that point, right. it's like um, right. When you say it's not brain surgery, but a lot of those guys, what they do, you're, it's almost like you have a skill set that you can do that's almost not easy, but it is easy to you. We're songwriting to people, and you have other peers that cannot. They go seven years before they have to write an album. You could do albums because they yeah. can't write songs naturally. Where somebody like you, mm -hmm. I find classical inspiring myself, and sometimes I have a hard time listening to music with words because I can't focus on what I'm doing because I have to listen right. to the music. I have to listen to the phrasing. I have to feel how the, the lyrics fit. They don't have to always be brilliant, but they have to work in the context of the song, right. the arc of yeah. the story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, you're right. You know, there is a talent to being a songwriter. This, but you're not going to feel it because you're you're not you're, that's you're natural at it. I mean, you have to work I, at it, but you also have a natural gift. I do, and I'm. I don't say that in an egotistical way. Obviously, no, that's it, modest. I, I do. I've had. I have a gift for writing songs, and I. I had it when I was thirteen, and I used to. I used to write four or five songs a week when I was thirteen because I loved it so much, and the songs were terrible. They were all awful, <laughs> but I would. 
my school friends would come to me and say, did you write another song today? I go, yeah, I did. And then a couple of days they say, did you write another song? Yeah, let me play it for you. And I'd play it on piano or I'd play it on guitar. And it would be terrible. But you're right, it's a gift. Because if, for someone like me, that is a natural songwriter, it, it just happens organically. Like you just mentioned, uh, the words have to fit and they have to do this and they have to do that. But when, when I write a set of lyrics, uh, although for me, the music and the lyrics come at the same time. Often. Which is also a gift, because that does not always happen either. <laughs> yeah, but I don't worry about if if they're going to fit or if they're the right lyrics, because if, if I spiel out some lyrics, if I'm playing a piano, for instance, I use those lyrics and they're, they already fit. They're already wow. in a perfect space because of my phrasing. Now, the thing is this. I'm not a, a good piano player. I'm not a good guitar player. But for what I need You've to never do, heard me play. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for what I need to do, it's perfect. Right. And funnily enough, you know, we're in the middle of a new album. And we used a, a, a young producer that is Canadian. And we were in the studio in Los Angeles just a month ago. And I, I did all the demos and I send them to him and he says, oh, these are great. And so we start recording the tracks for real. And and our, our piano player in the band, Mirko Tisandri, is Italian and he's brilliant. And he learned the song and he, he started to play the song. It sounded great. And the producer said, no, that's not the way the demo is. You know, he said, play it like the demo. And he couldn't. And he said, you played the, the demo to Mirko. And he says, no, Graham played it. He said, really? He said, yeah. And he told me to go and play it. So I'm in the studio on this nine foot Steinway and I'm freaking out. And, and our producer, Brian, said, how do you feel? I said, I'm so nervous. I've got Mirko standing, literally standing behind me, who's a, a master of the piano. And here's yeah. me plonking away. And I did the, the take and he said, that's what the song needs because it fits so perfectly with the phrasing and the lyrics. Yep. So I was kind of really freaking out, uh, but that's what it needed, you know. And so for me... Uh, voice privacy contents have been updated. For me, things... <laughs> this thing is... Uh, voice privacy contents have been updated. Oh, go away. For me, it's, it's perfect. And I live in a perfect world because I, I can do what I love to do. Uh, yes. You know, and I mean, I can't tell you, I just love writing songs. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know anything about it. And I don't even know how to write a song. All, all I know is it just happens. And if I sit at a piano, uh, within 15 minutes, I'm going to have a, the beginning of a song, which I will finish in about half an hour. You've and never played, right? Get, Pardon? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You never. You, I didn't mean to step on you. You've never been properly trained. Never on a piano or guitar, right? No, I've never had a music lesson in my life. Okay. I just want to add that to people listening that didn't know that because it makes this yeah. much more impressive or interesting as you tell the story. Because right. you saying that I, and not being trained is like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. You weren't trained either. Yeah, we we had a a gentleman in in air supply in the band that was with us for 15 years. He was a classically trained, uh, he was a, ma a maestro. And 
yet he couldn't play anything. He actually passed away four years ago, sadly. Uh, he couldn't play anything unless he had music in front of him. And he couldn't even play Lost in Love, which was four, which is four chords. If I'd say at the sound check, play Lost, let's play Lost in Love. He'd go, oh, I haven't got the music out, I can't play it. I said, Jed, you can play it. No, and he couldn't play anything without the music because he was trained. Uh, but any any kind of music you care to give him, he could play in a second. But that organic creative process, he wasn't, uh, he didn't have. And it's so interesting to see that, you know. Uh, I think had I learned the correct way to play guitar, I even, I play guitar upside down. I play a, a right-handed guitar. Oh yeah, I got questions about, I got questions about that. Even I, you've been doing this like 47 years, I still am baffled, so. <laughs> <laughs> I and can't play I right play, side up, so. When I play piano, oh, Mirko looks at me and says, you should have your finger over there and do that. Uh, and I go, this is the way I play it, you know. Um, funnily enough, when if you look at John Lennon, there's lots of videos of him playing Imagine on that upright piano when he'd just written the song. He's got the same thing. His hands look like claws. And he's, he's doing this. And, and yet at the same time, he's going... Dun, 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 dun. He's doing the refrain of Imagine. And it's so mesmerising. And <laughs> I mean, so I kind of follow that little tag. But if, if there is anyone listening that, that think that they don't have the technical expertise to be a songwriter, you're mistaken. You, you can do it. Uh, if you've if you're called to it, you know, I really I, believe I that. It's really interesting, and I'm sorry to step over earlier. A couple of things you bring up is a. I've talked to a lot of musicians, and and, mm -hmm. and one thing I've learned is I, the only people that I train professionally have been trained on their instrument are the ones that aren't professionally recording music <laughs> because <laughs> anybody whose right. albums you've heard on the radio pretty much cannot read music, weren't trained on music, yeah. and don't even really know all the the chords and the notes. I used to feel bad. Like, I don't know all of them. A lot of musicians don't know. They just know the, the raw root notes and the basics, yeah. but they know the chords. And they'll, they're, they're, their band members generally be like, yeah, that's so-and-so, so-and-so, and I can help you write it. But they know the sounds by their hands and their fingers, and the placement, right. just um, intuitively. Um, yeah, and, yeah, it, I know. And, and it is, I think that's a big part of you and a part of your songwriting because you're not thinking of right and wrong and this and that and you're going to try something that may not be it might not make sense musically according right. might not make sense musically and people that don't play instruments certain phrasings and certain way you you move your fingers and the sounds and tones mm. usually have to make sense but there are times right. i think i can't think of a song you've done on two there's something you did you one piece of music i've heard you do live my god that's really smart there's something that one of the phrasings of some sometimes some stuff you do that wouldn't be a natural right um, Piece. Yeah, you know a transition, and, and I'm like, and that's what makes it special. Yeah, I I love doing things like that, and I'm I'm kind of aware. Like if I'm I'm in one particular, if I'm in C, for instance, and I'm playing a piano in C, this part of my mind that wants to go to somewhere really foreign, uh, you know, I, I'll suddenly jump to D flat, and my piano player has a heart attack because when I play. <laughs> He really does. When I play him a new song, he'll listen, he'll go, oh, well, that's really nice. And then I'll go, I'll jump to D flat from C without a chord in the middle to change it. And, he, and he'll, he'll scrunch his face and go, oh. and, and then he'll go, 
oh, wow, that's really cool. Because it all depends where the melody is falling yes. on, on that on that D flat. You, you don't have the works, walls either. Right. <laughs> if it works, <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's just so uplifting. It's like just floating up to heaven when things like that work. But they don't work all the time. No, but, but that's you know, some I, of the I, reasons why simple songs are great, though, because there's things in that a simple song you're like well that makes sense but until that's found yeah. like in some of, some of your biggest hits those weren't phrased yeah. together before that and you're like oh it makes sense but prior to that nobody was putting yeah, that together yeah 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 i think you know i very rarely write with other people and people say to me oh let's write a song together yeah i said yeah that'd be cool but we never do because i would be a little intimidated by somebody else's what the way the rhythm that they have the way they do it because it m mine is so unorthodox uh that i would feel like i wasn't participating enough because i, I would have to say if they start playing something and this has happened in the past i would say i don't like that that's no good but who am i to say that's no good so i always have to start it off and let them come into my world because if they start it i go ah no and i'm when I do write with people, very rarely, I'm always very honest. And I tell them before we start, say, I'm going to be honest. It's not it's not personal. It's just the way it is. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you I don't like it. And you say that to me, too. And that has worked good when I say that. Uh, however, when if you're writing a song with David Foster, for instance, it's a different world because De David will just st start to play something. And then I would jump on it straight away. And, you know, so it's. I don't know. I think that's part of the the beauty of writing songs. You never know where it's going, going to go, you know. And I just I just love the mystery. I really do. To me, I always thought like I, I agree. You've always done really good stuff on your own because I think you said you, you have the simplicity and, and the learning of the Beatles, but you also have the grand textures you've learned from orchestra and stringed instruments. Yes, and I think it's always. And to me, that's always been the, the, the special secret sauce, that's not really a secret, of a lot of your songs. Now, to yeah. me, the one musician who's also not trained classically but knows his music like you do, that I would have loved to see you do, actually would have been from the genre, would have been Barry Gibb. I would have loved to see you guys yeah. sit down. Yeah. And with no rules and no right or wrongs, yeah. just woodshed for a couple of days. That would have been oh. very interesting. With the melodies and the harmonies yeah. that you guys would have done, yeah, yeah, Come it's on. incredible. Funnily enough, you know, there are a few bands that I love and admire totally, and the Bee Gees is one of those bands, simply uh, because the songs are so beautiful and they couldn't be simpler. But you're right, it's it's where Barry puts that melody in, into it, and they're Same just mesmerized. Yeah, funnily enough, you know, we play in Florida a lot, and I know he lives in Florida. Yeah. I've thought the last year, and and I'm not making this up. I thought, because I know somebody that knows him, I thought, God, I'd love to have a cup of tea with him, not take any photo, just, just to sit with him for a few minutes, because he's one of the great, great songwriters in modern music. You know? And I need to do that before I get too old. Uh, I, we were in Florida 20 years ago, and we were at Criteria in Miami, which is where they did most of their recording. And... We got invited, Russell and I got invited there and we met Robin and Ma Maurice, uh, but Barry got called out of town and I was so bummed. But I met the other two and we sat there for two hours 
talking about songs and, and everything. Because originally they were from uh, Manchester in England, you know. Yeah, you're from Nottingham, right? That's correct, yeah. Yes. But there are some there are some songwriters that I really admire that I would sit down with in a heartbeat, of course. And Barry Gibb is one of those. Uh, another one would be Neil Diamond. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, God, I can't even think... Uh, Jeff Lynn from ELO, who I totally admire. He you know. is another and one. Course, he's like he's like the secret Beatle. He sounds like he, you know what I mean. The yeah, he, Tom Petty, the secret he, everything. He is just a master. He's, he's just in another world. I'd, I'd love to meet him. I was scheduled to have dinner with him one night, and I I haven't met him. Um, with, with a friend of mine who who know who knows him quite well, and he said, "Yeah, you'll come out to dinner." And so we sat at the restaurant and and then I got a phone call from, my friend was there at dinner and he said, oh, this is typical. Uh, Jeff's is very, he has anxiety, you know, and that's why he wears sunglasses up quite a lot of the time. He's yeah. very, very, uh, not insecure, very, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I think he's shy. He's he, he just I think he's also very, very, very shy. And, and he cancelled. He says, oh, I, I can't do it, you know, and. I thought, oh, God, what a bummer. But one of these days, I'd like to, you know. Really cool, you'll very, but what would be interesting is also is, like, is because of your, your um, you also, like, say that you're not a, a guitar player, you're not much of a singer, but you you pretty much are, both of those, but you don't really do, like, lead guitar. But you do, like, no. a rhythm guitar, but your rhythm guitar is kind of like a lead guitar. Well, it it, I've always played rhythm you know, it's funny you say I don't play any lead guitar, which I don't. I just can't play a, a lead guitar. I you don't shred, do but you do it's play not lead my guitar. thing. Uh, I, I really don't. I don't play any licks oh, at okay. all, even on any, my, on any of our albums. In my mind, if you play a song, you sit down acoustically. Let me tell you this, okay, from a fan or a, or a horrible musician's point of view, when you sit down and play, yeah, and and and, and rustle things and um. You play this bare bones one guitar, and you can hear the melody. That's mm -hmm. the lead. If the guitar is the oh, well, melody, well, I always come that up with is, the melody. Yeah, but that is lead guitar to me. That is you oh, can okay. shred, you can get intricate, and you can be like doo -doo 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 -doo. like you have a great lead guitarist in your band. Yeah, but your guitar still leads. It's the melody is still the leading sound of the band. It's still. The, I agree. The melody is is everything. Yeah, it's everything but, in a know, song. Yeah, but I I love. I love playing rhythm guitar because it's it's the anchor to everything. And mm -hmm. in we were in the studio a, a month ago, as I was saying, and it, and I was playing some uh, some acoustic guitar, and the band were in the control room because it was my turn. And when when I finished, I did about six or seven takes. That each one came up to me and said, "Wow!" He said, "I've never seen you play like that before," because my timing is really good. And when when I'm locked in, and it's just rhythm guitar, I'm really locked in, and nothing gets away from me. And it, I can create that drive. And they they were all going, "Wow, I've never heard anything like that." But it's it's a small part in the big cog for us, but it's an an important one, you know. It's the engine so, of the car. I mean, the rhythm yeah. guitar and your melody of that songwriting is the engine. I mean. And you could say, you know, Russell, is, is, his voice is like is like the steering wheel and the band could be like the body yeah. of the car. 
but yeah. you are the engine and he his voice is steering it and the rest of the guys yeah. I'll keep the car going i'll go down the road but you guys are yeah. the driving cars i, I the think car. that's that's why russell and i uh, musically we get on so well and 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 it works and it's worked for all these years because of that and you know russell's not trained either and uh, but he, intuitively he just knows where I'm going to go. With this. He listens to a song once and he'll start singing it. Mm -hmm. uh, he did that with Lost in Love when I first played it to him. I'll never forget. Uh, when I played it to him and this is in like 1978. And he, he, I played him three or four songs. Then I played him Lost in Love and he stopped and he said, that's the song right there. That's the one that's going to take us back. And he was he was right. But I didn't hear that, you know. But I think together, Russell and I create this, this thing that you can't really describe it. it it's really cool. And when we we work on on songs, he'll just he'll start singing and, he, and he'll put a harmony in. And it sounds great already. <laughs> well, you guys have a sound and it's become the, uh, the fabric. I mean, you can laugh at the Beatles. But you guys are just, the Bee Gees, you guys are just so much the fabric. I remember, and you're talking 13, 14 year old, I'm listening to heavy metal and stuff. I've always been like all types of music. But I remember sitting down like on a cheap keyboard or guitar and write one of my first songs. I get done writing it and I titled it Lost in Love, not even thinking subconsciously. Right. I knew this song from you guys. It didn't sound like it. I'm like, wait, I've heard that before. Oh, it's Airsplay. I can't do the title. Like you guys already had it. There's only one Lost in Love. And, I mean, mine was horrible, but the okay. point is, Despite of all the other types of influences you have, even at that age, you're still in the fabric of the music world beyond that to somebody who's, you know, for someone like me, it's like subconsciously you're already yeah. there, which is kind yeah, of funny. Yeah. Looking back, I was like, that's right. That was the first song I couldn't use a title for because they already had the best song ever that everybody knew. It, oh, you're you very have, kind. Right. <laughs> oh, please. You can have songs that like share like rock and roll, like certain titles. And you're like, oh, yeah, they also have the title of that song. You right. cannot have another song called Lost in Love without being thinking, yeah, but Airplane has the Lost in Love. There's certain songs yeah. like Zeppelin has the whole lot of love. There's certain songs you, you know what I mean? AC says, Highway to Hell. You can't do that with certain songs. No, you're Lost right, in Love, yeah. you can't do that too. That's You guys own that. That's yours. It, it's, you know? it's sacred territory now. <laughs> it was told us like, I think I just let the song go in. Like, I came entitled. That was it. It was my first horrible song, but <laughs> it's right. just funny thing in the title. I was like, what a great name. I'm like, oh, it was a great name. They already thought of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It, 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 you know, it's funny. Sometimes you see t uh, song titles that are really cool and they, are, they have double meanings, you know, like lost in love is a, a meaning. You're lost, you're, you're in love, you're lost in love. So, but I never even thought about that. I just, it just rolled off your tongue, like lost in love. Duh. Uh, but I kind of try to come up with things like that, but they, it's difficult, you know, uh, with really cool titles. You see a lot of them, you know, in print here and there, but but it's, uh, it's difficult, you know. With you guys, I mean, you guys are clearly, I mean, it's crazy when universe thing, like even with your names, um, first and last names co coming together, like you guys are so destined to be together. It's hilarious, like, yeah. just the, you know. Yeah, it, you know, we, we, we knew that from the beginning that something was going on be uh, simply because we have the same name. Neither of us had a, a, a brothers. Uh, you know, our, both our families, where we came from, we, we didn't have a car, a phone, no money. We were, we didn't have anything, you know. Um, but the, when we got together, things, stuck, some spooky things were happening. 
you know, we we made our first demo while we were still in Superstar on a cassette, on a little portable cassette player. And everybody poo-pooed and said, oh, you can't do a demo on a cassette player. But when we did it, and we did it live, just two songs, everybody went, oh, my God, what's what's that all about? It, it sounded incredible. Just three-part harmonies and musicians we'd never worked with before. It just sounded incredible. Uh, so we knew something was going on. Even after we were like four months old and we got the job of opening for Rod Stewart in Australia because we had the number one song in Australia. We put a single out with CBS, our first single, went straight to number one. So Rod was coming and we got the job of opening for him uh, because it was a, a union right. thing. You, you had they had to have a you had to have a local act. We were sitting at number one, so we got the job. Then after we opened for Rod around Australia, he came to us and said, "I want you to open for me next year in North America for th for three or four months." And we were like, "Whoa, this doesn't happen to anybody." So we had a lot of luck. There was yeah. some there was some energy with us that was ahead of timing. But you guys, if you guys sucked, he would have said, "You know what? We need to get some other guys." <laughs> You guys also right, were doing it. Right, it wasn't right, just luck. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. I mean, you guys happen to be, and I like the phrase I love to use. I mean, you have to use it's lightning in a bottle. It's you got the talent, you got the songs, but you're also in the right spot. But you also got to be good people. I mean, you can be a turd for a while, but no one's going to keep coming right. to you after a while. You're good people, you're good right. workers, and you got good music. It's and and it's all going to work together. Continually, uh, yeah, you wouldn't be I here talking so. now. I, I do believe that. I really do. Um, you know, we. We had so much going for us in the early first couple of years. But then, you know, after we came back from with Rod and uh, in uh, late 77, 78, we got uh, we had to get back in the trenches again. They'd forgotten all about us in Australia. And we thought we'd come back to a hero's welcome. You know, nobody had ever done anything like that before. Rod was the biggest act in the world. Uh, They'd forgotten about us. We couldn't work. We couldn't afford anything. And uh, so we we got back in the trenches and we pulled ourselves up again, you know, with with song, with Lost in Love and All Out of Love, you know. But so, you've always done, I, I, you know, I think that's one of the things that, I'm sorry, is that people don't realize is like, and, and, and well, actually, it's easy to talk about the Bee Gees too, because as you guys were always, it feels like you guys, once you had to hit, people think, oh, they're rock stars, but no one realizes the ups and downs of an artist. And then, mm. so once you guys hit, you guys were huge for a while, but then there was the backlash of yeah. all the rock bands that were like, I know you guys hate the word softer rock, but the non-metal yeah. bands, because even the Bee Gees, they knew the time, and Barry stepped back, and they wrote for other artists. They kind of went back, and the, you know, and you guys survived that. You guys were touring again. I mean, you had to, there was there's always ebbs and flows in music, and yeah. it's, not, it's not always easy. To push through. Oh, I mean, no. every band has challenges, but, but people seem to think that. I think it's important for people say the resilience of you guys pushing through. You mm. guys had tons of challenges too, you know. Yeah. When in you know when we stopped having top top ten records, probably in eighty four, eighty five, you know, people would say, "Oh, here's what you need to do. You need to change your, the, your style of music, and you know, do this or do that, whatever was popular at the time." And we said, "No, we don't do that." You know. If, if we can't be successful with what we do, why would we try something else that we're not good at? And we always said, we're good at this. This is what comes naturally to us. This is what we want to do. And if it's, if it's the end of that, that's okay. That's fine. We've had great success. 
It's uh, not the end. You guys still wrote the same songs. So, like, you've written, and I want to add this to people, like, go out and listen to the other albums afterwards. Listen to the newer stuff. I'm looking forward to this. You've written songs that could be these bigger hits. It's just, you can't, now, it's not scalable anymore. That would have just as good as Lost in Love and other songs. Any yeah, other album I, I agree with you, too. Yeah. <laughs> but just because a lot of people don't like it doesn't mean you're not doing it. Would you be just as successful if you were writing for Broadway plays and you weren't known as the guy and you're writing these same beautiful music just because everyone's not clapping about it doesn't mean it's not as good a song. I mean, no, I, I, I agree. quantify what's successful. I'm saying what the world does isn't fair to a, a, a painter or a poet or an artist or a screenwriter. Success mm. is writing mm. the best you can. <laughs> exactly. I, I really agree with that totally uh you know i'm when i'm i have written and when i've finished a new song i, I sit back and uh, you know funny i always record them on my phone i know it's very primeval but, uh, but I I think, do, I uh, once do, again every musician does that oh they do oh great oh, i don't God, yeah. so i can't believe so many people do that like the things i've learned on the show i'm like okay no one knows how to play music everyone does on their phone i'm like yeah don't look I, behind I, the magic curtain because it's all just on their phone, just writing riffs and humming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's where it all comes from. But uh, sometimes I'm a bit embarrassed about that. I'll play a song oh. to my keyboard player <clears throat> before I do the demo. He says, "Now I want to hear the rough," and I'll play him uh, on phone, and it's all crackling, and and he goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and then five minutes later, he'll write a chart for it, and he'll play it, and he'll go, "Is this the right way?" I go, "Yeah, that's it. Okay." <laughs> but it, I mean, the whole process. Is such a beautiful thing, and I'm I'm so lucky to to do this and to earn a living and to do what I love to do. I don't know who said this phrase, but I saw it on TV the other day, which is so true. He said, "If if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life." Yeah. And I never work a day in my life. It might have been Walt Whitman or somebody. I don't work a day in my life because I love every minute of it. Even when I'm driving to the airport at four in the morning watching a beautiful sunrise and I got to get on a plane for four or five hours. You know, I love it. And I think this is, this is part of me writing songs and stepping on stage. This is the other side where I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the airport. I'm not going to find anything to eat because I'm very fussy about what I eat. Uh, and I'm going to sit on a plane all day, but there are people that work in factories uh, and I used to be one of them and that dig holes in the road. That's real hard work. I don't have to do that anymore. So I'm very, very uh, fortunate. And I, a day doesn't go by where I'm so thankful to God, thank you, whatever it is, wherever you are, whoever you are, for giving me this life because I love it. You know, I, I, I think that even it's not my career or whatever, like I'm not creative, but when people go, oh, that's the worst day. I'm like, you know what? You got to stop and think. I go, I'm not taking a canary into a coal mine today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a good day for work. I mean, there's worse things out there. It's it's such a oh, yeah. You know, and I agree. Yeah. I think if you find something you love, you will never work a day in your life. And my employer always hates the fact that I'm, I'm always trying to never work a day in my life, and right. <laughs> they don't always appreciate that. But that's a different yeah. it's a career thing. Um, but you love what you do, and your hits have allowed you to keep doing this and to keep creating. Um, yeah. what, what what are we looking at for like a release? Do you have a tentative release release date for this new album? This is like um. Uh, well, we're we're in the middle of the album now. Uh, you know, we only just decided to do one about two or three months ago because we said, well, everybody nowadays puts singles out, so maybe we should do that. Then no, do now. No, 
no, songwriter. We, yeah, exactly. Well, we started recording some tracks, and then Russ and I turned to it, and we said, I think we're making another album, aren't we? We said, yeah, I think so. So we're making one. We're in the middle of it, and actually Good. we need tomorrow to sing. We're going to sing in uh, in Vancouver for four <laughs> days. Yeah. So, but we are. We've recorded ten tracks already. And uh, but but you're so right. We are an album band, and I'm a songwriter. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, and and and, and I think and the, the model is oh, singles. Then fine, you can do the waterfall single thing where you do like a couple songs throughout the year. Yeah, singles because I listen to. And at the end of the year, you put your songs together and you put it out an album or a CD. Yeah. The end goal is still for the fans, an album or a CD. You know. Yeah. Because. That's your legacy. I mean, you you're a songwriter. You have too many songs. Bands that put out singles, I also don't think that they have as many songs coming to them. It's easier to do singles. Yeah. You know, because some bands struggle to write. You don't have that problem. I don't. You have a no. lot of material that you need to get out there. Yeah. So yeah, we put it out there. when we when we realized we were making an album. I had almost thirty songs that we were that then we looked at and we picked we picked what we wanted to record uh so we're very fortunate as far as that goes and and i must say i because we haven't made an album for 14 years i'm really enjoying the process again and i'm enjoying working with a producer that uh, that we didn't know before and it's been wonderful working with him and you know we we record live we don't use computers or anything mm-hmm. um I think part of that is because we don't know anything about them. But we, we record live in the studio. Everybody is live at the same time. And it's really cool because you have to concentrate and you've got to think about the song, the space. Uh, and there's me just playing the rhythm. But everybody else is the piano, the guitar, even the drums have got to find their place, their lane in the song. And it's so exciting to watch them do that as we're playing it live, you know? And then at the end of the take, we'll go, oh, that was really cool. Now let's do another one. So another, after 10 or 12 takes, we go, yeah, we've got it now. Let's move on to the next song. And it's such a great feeling, you know, it is. Well, it's because people don't do that anymore. People don't do that anymore. I mean, it's it's nothing wrong with doing it the other way, but to me, if you do it this way, it is natural. And it's better, so if you're off, if someone's off a split second, or there's different breathing, and there's a sound. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's live music. That's yeah, the gift yeah. of life. It's live music. AI yeah. and everything else can promote and I mean and can, can copy and replicate sounds on your computer, but you can't yeah. replicate a bunch of people in a room making sounds because every person makes their own sound, so it's always going to sound different. You can never remake that sound again. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it's flesh and bone yeah. playing, and it's, you, you've. You feel the emotions and the passion that they're feeling in the song. You can, it's just infectious and it's, it's just so a beautiful thing. You, you're right. It's life. It's creating as you're breathing. You know? Well, that's you. I mean, you are creative. Uh, uh, I know in everything. And I've heard, I gotta ask you about this though, your house. I heard it's insane with this creativity. Well, well for me, yeah, it's, it's designed that way. It's, it's it's uh, it's not a big house. I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate. I I have a my little writing room. Well, it's a studio, but uh, I have a a big grand piano and all my guitars on the wall, like you've got. But uh, it's just a space where I I can, if I feel like playing guitar, 
in the in a loft or in the studio. I'll just go and do it. And my piano is all always there, uh, obviously. And I just like to go in. Sometimes I only go in there for 10 minutes and play. Um, and if something comes up, which it usually does, I'll stay in there for a couple of hours. Uh, but sometimes I just go and play and then I'll take a walk. I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So I have a, I love to hike and I have great hiking paths, which for me is part of the process of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking my dogs for a walk, for a hike up the hill. And uh, I'll start thinking about if I'm stuck on something, which I love, if I'm stuck on, I've got these words in my head, but they're not right now. They, they're wrong. Then I'll think of something. Suddenly, boom! It'll it'll come there. But I'm I'm very very fortunate. I live in a, a very mountainous area. You know, I live on the twelve hundred acres of pristine wilderness. Yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky. Uh, but doesn't your but house like you grow a lot of your own stuff though too? Right? I've heard like you're ready for the like the zombie apocalypse. I've heard that you got a pretty swanky, like smart um, setup. Also, your house. Uh, well, in what what way do you mean? Well, just like you, because you grow your own stuff and just the layout is just a really oh smart... yeah 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 oh yeah I forgot about it yeah well I uh, I'm a pescatarian I was vegan for four years now I'm pescatarian but I grow all my own food all my veggies and everything I have a so I'm self-contained I have my own water my own my own spring for my water. I grow all my own food, except for if I'm eating fish. It's crazy because you know really... you, you you you're pretty good and successful. You could probably afford to buy your own groceries now. You wouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're making enough bucks to buy your own groceries. Just saying, call down yeah. to Aldi's and have some uh, our peapod come up and drop off some food. But no, right. but it's, it's I... very no. But I'm serious, it is impressive to be able to do all that stuff. It's it's more, it's also creative. It's yeah. also yeah going into the inside again. You know, I we got back from three shows at the weekend. I got back about six o'clock last night at 6 30 i was in my greenhouse potting plants and with my dogs right there and my greenhouse is pretty big and it's uh, geothermal it heats itself and cools itself and it's it's you know it's 100 feet long it's 20 feet high and it, i grow wow. all year round every i can go grapefruit walnuts almonds everything because it, it it's self-contained it's yeah. solar and so I go in there and, you know, like what I love is when I want to grab a salad, I just go down there and grab it and whatever I feel like. So it's great. And, uh, it's pretty cool. and I don't have any neighbors. That's it's it's nice. You know, I've been here for 30, yeah, for 33 years. So it's, it's an ongoing thing, but I love it. You know, it's very unusual when Russell comes here. Uh, you know, we used to record here, but I don't anymore. Uh, he would come in and stare out the window and uh, kind of get lost in everything. And after a few hours, he would need uh, something sane like a city or shops or a gas station or something. <laughs> but I can live without those, you know. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's the dynamics, but I think that what I, I was saying is like with like even with the growing, you're very good at sourcing the, the beginning of something to the yeah. fruition of it. Like with like a song, a yeah. salad. Food. Yeah, it's, like it's it's yeah. you like same thing. You, it's about the journey, and that is the yes. consummate artist of you of it's really just doing. And like when you're not doing something, you look back and like to me when I do something like I'm 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 not a great musician, but I I the enjoyment I get out of it. Or when I learn something, or I learn something like editing or whatever. It's you look back. You've got my favorite moments are the part of 
the discovery parts. I don't look back to when I get done my success. I'm like, feels like I should feel better because now it's over and it's almost yeah. sad. Like I remember last week almost being there and that was exciting. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get it. And then when you get it, you're like, meh, I got it. Yeah. Right. That's right. It is, it is the journey, of course. That's what life is all about. Is, is, uh, you're right. Once you go where you get where you're going, you want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, living where I live, I, I'm busy all the time because there's a lot of animals and I have to take care of them and a lot of wild animals. And so you've got to be careful. But uh, it's, it's always something going on. So I'm never, I never sit down. I'm never idle. I'm always moving around. I'm lifting hay or I'm, feeding somebody you know and then then i go and play the piano and i'll write a song so they're all interconnected they're all the yeah. same thing it, it seems like it, it I, I guess it's a silly question towards the end before we wrap this up is being as well known as you are because you were known as like and, and both of you guys it's like it's the love song guys the love and whatever and a, I yeah, want yeah. To see props but a, I want to <laughs> before we say something lighthearted, i want to say props on that last video for inclusivity of celebrating everybody, every human being in love. It, right. You know, that is yeah. awesome. I want people to check it out also. The links for everything, the website will be underneath here. But that video, you're showing inclusivity for every gender, every everybody is beautiful. And oh, great. Yeah. Thank you should you. be Thank leading you. the yeah. charge of love songs because anybody yeah. should be leading love songs and inclusivity. You should be the first ones in line, you know. Oh. And I, I, <laughs> when I told, I, I did talk to, uh, to Russell a month or two ago. Uh, I said the same thing. It was just, I was so happy to see that. That was just so great, you know. Oh, um, great. But great. I always wondered, like, you being, like, the love song guy, like, you get your stones busted. Like, I'll be like, because I'm like an IT guy. I don't get something. And someone will go to me like, oh, should I reboot it? Like, to be sarcastic because that's your thing. But being the love yeah. song guy, did you ever get grief? Like, like you missed something. Like, oh, you know, like, you miss a birthday or something. But you're supposed to be the romance guy because your songs are like, oh, you're all out of love. Were they all, all out of birthday cards? Like, did somebody give you right, grief, yeah. grief because I, you missed something I special? Say, I like, I like, I like that uh, description of the love song guy. It's like the pillow guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's not. A, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Not, that's one of the most best him. things in the world. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. No, but the, but the love song, love is the best thing in the world. That's what a great thing yeah. to compare to. But I'm actually. I'm actually pretty good with birthdays and stuff like that, you know. So sometimes I forget, but I'm pretty good with all that. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, like you, that would be the easy target to bust you. Be like, you know what? Oh, Mr. Love Songs all over the world, but you can't remember my, you know, you're all in love, but you're also out of birthday cards. Like, really? You're, you you can sing yeah, you yeah, lost right. in love to 20,000 people, That's... but, you know, my birthday came and Valentine's came and uh, no call. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. That would be the, the funny thing. So... I, I know you have limited time here. Today. I want, first, I want to thank you for giving me some time today and having this discussion. This has been really great, um, very fulfilling. It's been thank fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, it's been this great. Is, it's been fun. I, lo I love to talk. I hopefully we talked, and hopefully the fans, you, and here's the thing, I know at this point in your life, you've done so many interviews, so it's hard, and, and I'm not such a down interview bullet point. I don't have anything in front of me. It's talking about things. Oh, that I would hope that, that fans... I wasn't prepared at all for this. You're lucky I'm sober. No, <laughs> no. But the point, <laughs> the point is, it's like me as a fan. Like what I've I've heard other interviews and I've heard things. I'm like, what would other people want to hear and talk about? Hopefully, it's a little different. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, and for you, interesting. Yeah. Because very, it's, it's, it's been a, very, a, very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's hopefully, been, we'll, we'll been... do this. We'll, 
we'll yeah, it again it's sometime. fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. I really have. Well, I'm a huge fan of music, so I, I've always loved your music. I, I'm maybe even a different level than just a, a fan because I like the breakdown of it. But I want to tell people you are on tour. I do want it to be important to say the uh, the, the um, actually it's, it's the Lost in Love experience. Yeah, that's the title, right? And your next gig is the 18th in Daytona Beach. That's correct. You know more than I do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I know more than you. Trust me. You can ask my wife. I don't know more than you know. Ask my kids. <laughs> They'll tell you I don't know more than you know. And I do want to say, sometimes you guys get called soft rock, which is I don't think it's a bad thing at all. No, but I don't think Everything so. I've yeah. seen all online, you are, but live, you guys are, I mean, Lost in Love is a soft, soft rock song. And nowadays, the Yacht Rock and everything, it's fine. Who cares? People, yeah. people know your name. They listen to you. That's cool. It's, it makes people. You're right. Good. You're so right. Yeah. Who cares people about how they? tears in their eyes from your music. Still, if I did something like that. Mm. So, but the point is, you do a rock show, and I really want to see you live because you mm. do have a. And I want to say props to your band. We didn't talk mm. about, it, but you're a great live band, and just seeing the yeah, stuff on either YouTube or or on video programs, it's a live, ruckus sound that you guys do. It's oh, not, yeah. it's you guys are balladeers at the time. Oh, not live. at all. No, it's a rock and roll show. Yeah. But, Thank that you. That would be wonderful. I, I, Thank I really you, Sean. Great interview.